Thank you so much for that worship. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you were able to worship the Lord. And, uh, you know, I can't wait for us to all be back together. But one thing I've learned to love now a lot more because our world is out there. And we have so many of you are watching us. And, and you call us uh, pastor. You call us your church. And I'm so grateful that we get to do that every single week. So as we preach to you the fourth message, there's one more message. The fourth message of faith moves our giving. I just want to take a minute and recap a little bit of the last few weeks. But our scripture comes from Philippians chapter 4, verses 17 and 19. Not because I desire a gift... This is Paul talking. But I desire fruit that may abound to your account. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And the second verse that we use this month is found in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If you've been with us the last few weeks, you have seen some um, methodology that may be a little foreign to some of you because the teaching this month has not been about financial offerings as far as euros and dollars. It's been about giving of generosity, having a spirit of generosity, of grace, and mercy, and kindness. For all this month, this is how God gives to us. He has more than enough, is what we've been teaching you. And Pastor Jen used those two lines that I love so much. Your seed will meet your need. So in other words, what you sow, it's going to be more than enough to take care of you. And then she said, if you receive you release. So what I get, I'm going to give back. And I'm telling you, if you live your life like that, you're going to have a fruitful life. You will have a life full and abounding. Then last week, we did a little bit different of a style of message. We used Psalm chapter 37 that David wrote. And I just want to highlight one verse, but we went through verse by verse through that chapter to teach you God's principle of being generous with you. If you weren't here with us last week, reread and go back and listen to last week's message. But I want to read to you Psalm 37, verse 25. David said this, I was young and now I'm old, yet I've never, I love that word, Yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. Wow. When you think about that, David could say it. Remember, David was a guy that had some issues. But he was after uh, God saying, after his heart. David had some problems, but God still loved. David made mistakes. God still gave grace. You know, it's kind of like our accounts, isn't it? Sometimes we mess up, but God's there to redeem us. God's there to forgive us. 
I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his children begging bread. Today I thought I'd give you a biblical account of how one who was in a desperate position gave generous, and how a, mil, a, a miracle took place. Now, a lot of us believe in miracles. Some of you may have never had a miracle. But the God I'm talking to you about today is a God of miracles. If anybody can do it, God can. Did you hear what I just said? If anybody can do it, God can do it. Because if a guy like David could write something like that, I've never seen. And Paul saying, and that it was full and abounding. And my God shall supply. That means it will be done. All of your need. Again, remember what the Old Testament said, what the New Testament said, and what is your testament. Remember my ending from last week. What is your testament? What is your story? I pray that is a story full of generosity. But today I want to give this story. It's a biblical account. I like using these kind of stories in the Bible because they're very practical for us. This story comes from 1 Kings chapter 17, verse number 1. And I'm going to read you the entire story. The translations will all be there for you. Now, Elijah the Tisbite from Tisbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Now, let me just stop right there. Who in the world walks into the king's chambers and says, Hey, I got something to tell you. It's a prophet. Here is a prophet, a man of God, that walks up to the king and says, I'm going to tell you something. There's not going to be dew, and there's not going to be rain for a few years. Well, the next portion of Scripture tells you what happened next. Verse number 2. The word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here. Uh, I, I'm sure he gave the message and ran. Because how would you like to tell the king, hey, by the way, most of your people are going to die because there, there's going to be a drought. So leave here, turn eastward, and hide in Kirith. Ravine is the name of the place. East of the Jordan, you will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So think about it. Here's how this story evolves. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to Kirith, Ravine, east of Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. Verse number 7. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Exactly what the prophet had said. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Jeropath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Jerephath, 
When he came to the town gate, a widow was gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? And she was going to get it. He called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil, olive oil for you Italians, in a jug. It's in the Bible. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Now you talk about a person in a desperate situation. And the prophet of God shows up. Remember, there's a drought in the land. So it must have hit this lady's area. Zarephath. Must have hit it bad. And this lady only has a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. But I want you to hear the rest of the story. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. Now, already look at the process of multiplication. God is starting the miracle with just the words coming out of the prophet's mouth. She had originally said, I got enough bread, I got enough flour, and I got enough olive oil to produce a little bit of bread, and we're going to die. Last meal. The prophet says, look what he says, go home and do as you have said. So she said, I have enough to make one bread, we're dying. But first, make a loaf. Don't just make a piece of bread, make a whole loaf for me and what you have and bring it to me and then make something for So he was already saying, look, there's going to be enough for a loaf and there's going to be enough for what you have. So go to take care of what you thought you had. Go ahead and make that happen. So I'm sure while she's cooking and making that up, she's probably saying, man, I don't know how this is going to work. And I really don't know who that guy is. And I really don't know why I'm doing this. You ever asked any of those kind of questions? You find yourself in a desperate situation. Somebody tells you to do something. You say, I don't know about what he's telling me. I don't know what. And sometimes people say that about a preacher or about this preacher. Man, I don't know. Is that guy really telling me the truth? Well, I'm going to tell you that what I tell you is based on the Word of God. This Bible story, if you'll look for yourself, is found there. In 1 Kings. Now listen to what happens next. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Now he's going to be God's mouthpiece for this lady. The jar of flour will not be used up. And the jug of oil will not run dry until the day of the Lord sends the rain on the land. You talk about a miracle. Now remember, he had already said what he wanted to do. She already knew what she had in her house. 
he already prophesied that something was about to happen. Then he says, this is what the Lord says. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up. And the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with what the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. You see, my friend, the same prophet that told the king there was going to be no rain, nor dew for a few years, he says to a woman gathering the sticks, just enough to make her last meal for her family, make me some bread. You know, a lot of our problems is we look at what we have in our hands and we don't think we can do anything more. We may look at our bank account, we may look at our pantry as far as blessings, and we may be saying, I don't have enough. We may be like this woman. I only have a little bit of flour and I only have a little bit of oil. I don't know what I can do with that except take care of one more meal for my family. Well, I want you to know, my friend, God has a never-ending supply. Hebrews 11.1, 1, one of our key verses for this month says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith means I step out on nothing and it becomes something. Are you hearing me? I step out on nothing. There's nothing there, and it becomes something. Why does it become something? Because I have faith. I have faith to believe that God is going to answer my prayer. I have faith to believe that God is going to supply all of my needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. I have faith. So there has to be some steps that a person of faith who wants to give generously and be a generous person has got to do. So today I want to give you those steps. The first step is obey the word. Corinthians 9, chapter 9, verses 6 or 8 says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, compulsion, but for God loves a cheerful giver. Now think about that. There's that word, cheerful, again. We've talked about that in the last number of months in the midst of a crisis to be cheerful. The world is watching us. We do not need to point and, and place the, the game of our life and the urgency of our life as this is bad. This is the end. I've got one more meal and I'm going to die. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Remember, this is a series. And some of you have been with me this whole month. I've never seen it. David said it. Nor his seed begging for bread. Or his children begging for bread. Or his heritage, begging for bread. I've never seen it. 
what he's trying to say, what is trying to be said there, is that if we obey what God is saying, then God is going to supply all the needs. If God's going to supply all the needs, how is this going to happen? We're going to trust God. This lady had no idea who the guy was. She had no idea what was going to happen next. But for some reason, she trusted what was being said. And I hope right now today, you are trusting what I am saying to you. If you will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you and your household will be saved. That's a promise of God. Now, when you look at the promises of God, He shall supply. He will take care. He will meet. These are promises. He is the God that heals. He is the God that delivers. And we can keep quoting promise after promise after promise and say, does God ever run out of promises? No. He gives in abundance. We've been teaching that all month. He doesn't give a little bit of grace. He gives more than enough grace. But in order for this to happen, we've got to obey. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. So in other words, if you sow a little grace, you're only going to get a little bit back. Are you listening? If you sow a little bit of love, you're only going to get a little love back. So the principle here is if you sow generously, there's that word, you're going to receive generously. Now that's the kind of receiving I want. Remember, this is what we have to do. We have to obey. The Bible is very clear on this. We're talking about our time here. We're talking about our talents here. We're talking about our resources here. We're talking about it. So if we obey the word and practice what the Bible teaches, then there is no disobedience that's going to happen for us. We're not going to disobey what God says. See, if this portion of Scripture is true, and you know me, I believe it all true. If this is true, then the results are going to be amazing. You're going to step back and say, wow, look what God did. Number two, I think we should practice the principles. Number one, obey the word. Number two, practice the principles. Remember, this lady was almost out of everything. She was not going to miss this opportunity. See, she had one meal left. What, what did she have to lose here? I mean, she could have said, well, I just really need to take care of my own kid, and, and I'm done. But for some reason, she believed that something was going to change. She didn't know if this guy was going to give her enough money to last for the rest of the month. He had no, she had no idea, but she believed something good was about to happen. I remember years ago, church I was a music pastor at. I know most of you never knew I was a music guy. But we opened every service with the same song. Something good is about to happen. And people would say, Pastor, are you ever going to change that song? No, I ain't changing that song. Because I believe in this service today, something good is about to happen. I'd have the choir sing it. 
I'd have the singer sing it. I'd have the instrument people, they'd play it. We'd have it going. And let me tell you, my friend, our church bought into the idea that in that service, that day, something good was about to happen. Can I tell you today, my friend, wherever you're watching, if you're watching in India today, or if you're watching in South Africa today, or if you're watching in Copenhagen today, wherever you are watching, if you're watching in Rome today, something good is about to happen. Because if we practice the principles of God, there's going to be a return into our lives. This lady was almost out of everything. She was desperate. But I believe that if you give, you will receive. I believe if you bless, then you will be blessed. I believe if you love, you will be loved. I believe if you give grace, you will receive grace. It's the principles. It's God's principles. It's biblical principles. These are godly principles. And number three, God's timing is perfect. Oftentimes, we think that maybe we have been forgotten. That God is not concerned about us. That we're so insignificant. We're just one person on a planet of seven billion people. I want you to know there's a Bible verse for you. God wants to take care of the sparrows, and he takes care of the sparrows, so he's going to take care of you. Now that analogy, found in the Word of God, teaches us a biblical principle. If God's so much concerned about the birds of the air, he's more concerned about us, and he will take care of us. God's timing is perfect. The theme song we've used for this year is He Knows My Name. Now when I chose that song at the end of last year for the theme for 2020, again, I've repeated myself many times so far with this pandemic, I had no idea coronavirus would be a part of our lives and that we would have been stranded in Italy, then stranded in Michigan, then stranded in California, then just stranded. I had no idea that some of you would be locked down for three months. I had no idea. And in some of the countries, you barely can get out of your home. If you do, you have to have a document that shows that you're going to one place and the police can stop you. You have to wait in line to step into a grocery store. I got it. I had no idea. I had no idea. I had no, it never even crossed my mind. But I want you to know he knows your name. He knows exactly where you're sitting right now. He knows exactly what country you're in. He knows exactly what's in your cupboards. He knows exactly what's in your heart. He knows exactly what's happening with your family. He knows exactly what the medical report says. He knows exactly. Because God created you. And you've heard me say it many times. If God can create you, then He can fix you. And if He can fix you, He can take care of you. I've said it thousands of times. And maybe you're hearing it for the first time. 
You say, who is this God? He's the God that created you. The Bible teaches us that you were created in the very image of God. And if you were created in the very image of God, then that means God's going to take care of you. You may have been going through a coronavirus epidemic, pandemic, any other kind of demic. All I know is this, that God is going to take care of you. He shall supply all of your needs. And if you need more grace, He's going to give you more grace. If you need more love, He's going to give you more love. If you need more provision, let's get down to practicality here. If you need more provision for your home, He's going to provide. You've got to believe it with all your heart. You've got to say amen. I mean, blow that screen up right now. There should be amens from every part of the corner of the planet. Say, well, pastor, you can't hear me, but my people can read the amens. Amen. I believe it. Amen means it's settled. See, there's a belief pattern there that comes to you that says, I believe what that guy's saying. I believe what the word of God says. I believe that if God created me, then he can take care of me. I'm telling you, friend, you may have the last bit of flour. You may have the last bit of mercy. You may have the last bit of patience in your life. All I can tell you is that if you'll give, God's going to give back. And He's going to give it in abundance. He's going to give it so much that you're going to say, Wow, look what God has done. See, I'm telling you, we've got to learn to trust God. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Say, you're hoping for a better day. I'm hoping with you. But my hope and my trust is found in God. The outcome is up to God. What's going to happen tomorrow in our lives, I'm going to trust God in. I'm going to believe God for. I'm going to trust God in all my ways. I'm going to acknowledge Him. And He has promised to direct me. He's promised to bring peace to me. He's promised to forgive me. He's promised to heal me. He's promised to protect me. He has promised. And if He has promised, then that means it's going to come to pass. Amen. So be it. Pastor, you're all riled up today. Well, I want you to know that in the midst of this terrible crisis that's hit our world, no matter where you're at, no matter what your confinement rules have been in your particular country, God is there for you. And I'm here to tell you that the man of God showed up into your room today. And I've got a word for you. God's going to take care of you. You're saying you're saying like Elijah? Yeah, I'm saying exactly like Elijah. I'm telling you, friend, I'm God's mouthpiece for you today. and God will take care of you. It's the promise of God. I'm not preaching gospel according to Rick Pasquale. I'm preaching gospel according to the Bible. Gospel according to Jesus. Gospel according to what God says. And if God says it, I believe it. And that should settle it for us. We should make a determination in our heart, in our life, that it's going to be okay. Okay. Say, I don't see it. How's it going to come to pass? It's that faith. The widow of Zarephath not only received the blessing, You, you think about it. She not only received the blessing. Remember, enough oil and enough flour until it started to rain again, which took a long period of time. Enough flour and enough oil for a long time. 
I'm sure every time she reached in that barrel of flour, she probably looked, man, I can remember there was a day. And maybe this is your testimony right now. I can remember where I used to be. And now this is where I am today. I used to be a sinner, but now I've been born again. I used to be dead in trespasses and sin. I used to be messed up. I used to be lost, but now I'm found. I'm a new believer in Christ. Some of you are getting to be an older believer in Christ. Those are good things, my friend. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 16. For the jar of flour was not used up. And the jug of oil did not run dry. You talk about abundance. You talk about generous. It not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. You say, well, how long was it? Three and a half years. Wow. Now just think about that provision. Think about that generous God. That took care of that family for three and a half years because she obeyed. She went and made the cake, made the loaf of bread, and brought it to the prophet. Think about it. One simple gift turned into abundance. Because that's the God I'm talking about. It's the God of generosity. Who would have ever thought that one loaf of bread would have turned into three and a half years of bread? Think about it. That's the God that's generous with us. I want you to know, my friend, I don't know when this is all going to be over, but one thing I know is God's going to be with us in the middle of it. God's going to be with us at the end of it. And I can promise you, if you will learn the secrets of being generous. He who sows sparingly, reaps sparingly. He who sows generously, reaps generously. And I pray that your faith moves your giving. You have heard us. You've heard us loud. You don't want to miss the finality to this message next week as we bring four weeks of messages into one capsule and that we can say to you, my friend, God is a God that's generous. Maybe you're sitting there in your room today and you're saying, Pastor, man, I have, <laughs> I'm so far gone. I've given up hope. I don't, I, don't, I don't believe. One of your congregants said, you need to listen to this guy. He's got a word for you. And I turned, you, turned the dial so that I could hear you today. And you've told me that there's hope. And I'm kind of like that woman today. I'm out of everything. My friend, it starts with a relationship with Jesus. You have a relationship with Jesus, everything's going to be okay. I'm telling you, you got to start there. And maybe that's you today, and you're listening to my, listening to my heart of what I've said. God's about to take care of you, but you got to invite Him into your life. And if you give me the privilege, I'd love to say a prayer with you right now. The prayer is very simple. It simply says, Jesus, come into my life. It simply says the things I'm doing that was sin, I'm going to change. You say, how am I going to change it? Jesus is going to help you. I'm telling you. So if right now you're sitting there, 
you're standing there, however you're listening to this, you say, Pastor, will you say that prayer with me? There'll be different languages there that you can subscribe to, follow the prayer in Italian and Spanish. But I want you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life from this day forward for the rest of my life. I will live for you. The things I was doing that were sin, I will stop doing because you just changed my life. And I thank you, Lord, for answering this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you just said that prayer, you just joined a big family. And we want to keep praying for you. And we want to help you in the next days that lie ahead. If you don't have a church home, you can be a part of our church. We have an online campuses around the world. And you can just log in every week and learn about our prayer meetings and our Bible studies. But you can go to our website there and find out all the information. But I'd like you to send me a note and say, Today, I gave my life to Christ. I'm writing in from India or I'm writing in from this country. Just tell me where you're writing in from and, and I can tell you this, I will pray for you for the rest of this year. Second prayer is I want to pray for God's provision. Some of you need God to show up and do something special in your life. And I can tell you, some of you may find yourself, because of the frustration of being locked down, quarantined, etc., etc., say, I, I need, huh? I'm about to the end. My mercy's about gone. <laughs> my grace is about gone. My patience with my kids are about gone. Kids' patience with their parents is about gone. Let me tell you, God's about to give you a new supply. Let me say a prayer for you. Lord Jesus, you know the heart of every person listening right now. You know every need of every person. And God, you said you'd supply. And so, Lord, it's more than enough. You have more than enough for us. And Lord, I got some people that are dealing with some patience issues. I got some people that are dealing with some mercy issues. I, I got some people that are dealing with provision issues. And they don't know where the next flower's coming from. They don't know where the next mercy's coming from. They don't know. But God, you said you would give us a word. And God, I pray that they've heard the word today. That you're going to take care of them. You're going to supply. You're going to meet every need. So Lord... Help us today to receive. And Lord, as we receive, we will acknowledge that you have given to us. Thank you, Lord, for answering this prayer and taking care of your people. And I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to us today. Every week you can be a part of ICF Rome, icf.org, it's there below, and you can... Log in to find out when the different services are, our Bible studies, our prayer group meetings. You can do all that. But I want you to know, as the pastor of this great church, God is directing us to reach our world. And so whether you're the first-time listener or you've been listening for now a few years, I'm asking you to help us. What God has done through this pandemic and the message that have gotten out has been incredible. How we've been able to reach thousands. And in the first four months of this year, 
January through April, we reached over a million people with this message. That's a lot of people. And I think that if God, through the middle of a crisis, can help us reach this many people, then I think when this crisis is over and all hands are back on deck, we can even go further and faster. So I want you to pray with us. The next number of weeks, things in Rome are going to start opening up a little bit more. We will give you clear directive of when doors will be open, gatherings. But as you know, if you've been paying attention to the news, that uh, things are going to be different for a while. We don't know when we'll be back to full strength, everybody allowed in the building. But we'll figure that all out. You trust us, we'll get you the information. But over the next number of weeks, as we're getting all this settled, I want you to be God's ambassador, God's representative. Help us get this word out. You can do that a number of ways. One way you can do it is through the, the, the live streams, the Facebook Live, the YouTube Live, all our platforms. You can go online to find out all of them. You can send them to other people. You say, well, Pastor, they're going to hear the recording. You, some of you are hearing the recording right now. It's still meant a whole lot to you right now. This message needs to get out, and I need you to help me do that. Number one. Number two, I need you to be generous in your giving. I'm talking about financial giving. I'm so blessed to be a part of a great church that understands that principle. But maybe you're new to us. God is asking us to be faithful in our tithes and our offerings. And I want you to be faithful. I want you to figure out there's ways through our website that you can log in and, and give. And I want you to do that. The attendants there will have them scrolling on the screen so you know exactly what to do. But I want you to take time. And some of you today, God's speaking to you to help us around the world. And you're going to be generous with your giving. I'll guarantee you, you give to God and God's going to bless you abundantly and meet all of your needs. So I want to pray one more prayer for you, the prayer blessing that I pray every week. Church, God's about to do something amazing in your life. Remember, something good is about to happen. So Lord, today we receive your gifts. We thank you for them. I pray for our people from all over the world that have watched this message, that you'll take care of them you will protect them, meet all of their needs. And I bless them, O Lord, in the name of the Father, name of the Son, and name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I love you, church. God bless you. See you next week.